one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this this, my friends, is a Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Hepson. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. 
we are here to talk about Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago, or just last week, or cool interviews we want to talk about. We are going to get to a lot of it. The big tidal wave of D23 news, we hope, fingers crossed, might be coming. So let's enjoy this season <laughs> of Andor and other quieter things. Before we get to all that, one reminds you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrials.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we have a Force Center recommends uh, an audiobook we think you should try out on us, which is based off of a real book I've been reading for the last few days. Oh, it's a lot of fun there. Uh, but we are going to catch up, find out where life and Star Wars collided, and or where it didn't. I might not have as many adventures as I thought. <laughs> uh, Joseph, uh, how was your time spent as a Star Wars fan and and human in the last few days. Well, I'll try to get it through it quickly because I'm very curious to listen to you wrestle through your your non-adventures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is weird, though. I didn't have as many uh, Star Wars adventures or necessarily life adventures this week. And sometimes you're like, hey, I feel like I've had a really busy week inside my own head and soul, yeah. but not mm. as much uh, direct activity. Um, I did have some uh, fun stuff. Uh, I mentioned last week for my birthday, uh, my wife, Sarah, very kindly got me uh, the Obi-Wan uh, poster off of Etsy. I think it was one of the ones that they gave out at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, it is the that image of uh, Obi-Wan and then Vader is kind of sitting, you know, on his soul on that cliff. Uh, it's yeah. just such a great poster. It really captures everything I love about uh, Obi-Wan and Vader and their relationship in the show. So uh, I put that in a frame and I'm very excited uh, to put that up. Uh, and then the other adventure I've been having is reading The Princess and the Scoundrel. Uh, spoiler for the book we're going to recommend. Sorry, everyone. Uh, if you could just stop listening to the podcast now for that spoiler. Uh, but the way I've been getting through the books uh, is just setting aside a day and reading most of the book uh, in a day. Uh, because I get tired at bed, I get distracted at bed, then I have to go back and, and I just like, uh, I want to disappear into a world. Um, so I had, I think Thursday, it was just like princess and the scoundrel day. <laughs> uh, and I was like, okay, uh, I need to take a break and actually like stretch and, and eat food. And it's like, mm, I, I really want to watch something, but I don't want to go out of the world of star Wars. And it's like, what, what should I watch? Uh, and I remembered that I hadn't watched the Lego star Wars summer vacation. Oh. Um, and it's only 42 minutes or 47 or something like that. So I watched it and I had totally uh, forgot that that is also centered around the Halcyon ship, the same as the book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that some of the same locations uh, are mentioned and uh, referenced. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those great moments of uh, Star Wars synergy where it felt like the force is saying this was it was good that you waited to watch Summer Vacation because this was the exact day and time to watch it while you're reading this book. So that was a nice bit of a Star Wars synergy. There you go. Synchronicity. I love that. I watched that. I, I, I like that little vacation one. It's fun. It's, fun. it's really nice. It's really fun. I, I really liked it. The, the tones of the different, uh, the three mm -hmm. seasonal Lego specials really match the season. <laughs> I liked that the whole message of that one is just like, you should try to live in the moment and relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to watch it. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Oh, Jennifer, you will love it. It's it's uh, such just great, um, you know, having fun with Star Wars. And there's a ton of interesting Java stuff. Oh, then I got to watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jen, you didn't watch it. So what else did you do? 
Yeah, I, you know, and I'm so mad. I left it downstairs. It's like a show and tell, a mm. Star Wars show and tell. I was uh, at my mom's house cleaning out my old room and I came across a program from 2001, USC, I think it was a first look, you know, film school festival. It mm. was hosted by Marsha Lucas. It was a program that I had and her name what? was- Yes. I'm so mad it's downstairs. <laughs> I wanted to share it and tell you guys and describe it. But it's like, it says, hosted by Marsha Lucas. There's a foreword by her uh, talking about the importance of cinema and, and the arts. Um, it was funded by her. And it's just, it's quite incredible. And I went to this film festival and I remember how impressed I was by the caliber of talent at USC. I mean, there's, there's a really good film school. <laughs> there's just no <laughs> doubt about it. And yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, I had gone to some other uh, film school, film festivals. They were not as good, not mm. as successful. Mm. Um, but yeah. And she also, I believe has funded, she has her own post-production uh, like, you know, wing there that she, mm. that she had, uh, she donated money to build or whatever. So she has quite a, a big presence at USC. And that made me, excited to see that mm. yeah because she's so talked about as the sort of you know the forgotten you know yeah. uh, part of star wars and obviously she has got a little bit more attention been featured in in books and in interviews and in all that uh there's a recent um documentary that i watched the first episode of uh mm. i believe from from the team that made the toys that made us mm. yeah. um yeah. and that was they were really touting like a new interview with marcia lucas um so she's getting a little bit more recognition, but in general, still kind of talked about as this hidden, hidden thing. So it's amazing to think if you go to USC and like hidden, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting, right? Like she was really, I mean, she wasn't, you know, touting all the things that she was doing. She was just, just doing it because she loves it and she it believes in it and believes the importance of, of the arts and of, you know, giving people access to the best of the best production facilities and things like that. That's awesome. Pretty cool. That's great. And for more on Marsha Lucas, go dig deep into the Force Center archives for, I think it was a Jedi beat about mm -hmm. Marsha Lucas by Jennifer Landa. Check That's that right. out. Check that out. You have to keep scrolling, though. <laughs> Best on Apple. I think on yes. Apple, you can still get all the episodes easily. Uh, great stuff. Yeah, for me, uh, uh, boring. Boring. But it, got, I was, it was a Princess and Scoundrel weekend. It was a catch up on uh, currently in the Afro comics catching up on those so it wasn't like star wars wasn't there but you know it's the end of the month you know you're, you you want to save some money so what do you do the best way to do that just never leave the house just <laughs> so but the internet's know. right there ken oh right it's so hard i had to yeah i had to like block amazon off my uh, <laughs> devices <sighs> just make sure you don't go there and get uh uh, idle spending, idle spending. So yeah, yeah, but it was relaxing, you know? And so there you go. Kind of ties in with the uh, Lego uh, summer of vacation. Vibe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Enjoy what you got. Um, been a lot of fun. So uh, that's it. No Star Wars. For me. I mean, again, Star Wars everywhere. Just one of those quiet weekends and weeks. I'll take it. We'll all take it. Mm. Mm -hmm. And more things are coming. A lot of shows to talk about. A lot of shows to review, which is fun work. Let's get to the news. Like I said, breaking news from a long time ago or the last few days. John Boyega has been in the news, uh, whether it be some articles. Uh, we got this interview we're going to discuss here. Actor and activist John Boyega was on John Fugelsang's Sirius XM show. Fugelsang, a big fixture, mid-90s VH1 times. 
<laughs> comic uh, still going strong host uh this uh interview and the other articles just uh spurn many many uh, you know uh reactionary articles and video titles including this one here let's not lie uh but most notably was this idea that boyega is done with star wars and i gotta admit i'll say up top before we can get to this i just was like ah then I'm, i just don't i'm not gonna click on these stories i just don't you know, he he could do what he wants. I'm glad I did at least watch this clip on the on the Sirius XM show because I it, it, that was wasn't necessarily the vibe. It wasn't the vibe of Boyega. It wasn't the vibe of uh, the interview overall. The bulk of the clip going around focused on the changes Disney seemed to make following the experiences of Boyega as a black black actor facing horrendous racist backlash for playing the character of Finn. Of course, we as fans remember going back to 2014, just him first appearing. That's where a lot of this started. And he expresses a lack of bitterness of being the first to have to bring it up to the studio, the first to kind of go through this with them as actors like Moses Ingram are more protected by them now. I love that part of the interview. I love hearing him talk about it and talk about it where he is now. So, uh, Joseph, Jennifer, thoughts on Boy- where Boyega is now on this and how we got here. And we can discuss how studios can continue to improve in this area as well. Uh, Jen, what'd you think about uh, this part of the interview? Yeah, you know, it uh, it's fascinating because it took me back to that time. And I think that studios, media companies, all of us really online have learned a lot since The Force Awakens. Um, because prior to The Force Awakens, the rule in the industry and kind of just in general was you ignore it, right? You don't address it. Those are just quote unquote trolls. Don't don't comment back on those types of comments and they'll go away. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. they weren't going away. And it was really awful to see this this part of the fandom, which I I mean, it's like you kind of you knew that it existed, but just having it be so vocal and loud and dominating, it was really upsetting. And I I cannot imagine being John Boyega and experiencing that, how awful that would be and how he probably felt, um, you know, just like left to fend for himself, basically. And what happened was, is that he was the first person that really like called it out. Like, you know, this is, this is happening. This is not okay. You guys need to back me up. What's happening. And it was almost like the kid, you know, saying that the emperor has no clothes. Mm -hmm. And suddenly the industry was like, oh, actually it's bad business if we ignore it, it's bad. If it becomes a bigger problem, if you just bury your head in the sand and you don't address it. Um, and I, I give all the props to Disney Lucasfilm for really changing, for turning that ship around. And now you have Ewan McGregor who's like coming on in his car and, and doing videos saying, we won't tolerate this. This is not okay. What you're doing to Moses Ingram. And I think it really helps. And I think that John Boyega felt protected. It helps other actors know like they're not going to stand for it because who wants to be a part of a production where you're going to get like attacked and then you feel like nobody's backing you up. And so, um, yeah, John Boyega, he like he said, he was kind of like leading leading the charge for for the future and for the, the next group of actors so that they wouldn't have to go through, hopefully, what he went through. Yeah. So, I mean, he's yeah. It's he has such a great attitude about it. And just watching that video, like he has such a piece about it that I just I was really impressed because that would be awful to go through what he went through. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I think that was my favorite 
thing to take from this interview once I once I watched it. I was, I was glad I did, and and nothing against him or everybody. We're going to talk about him and his future Star Wars, but I just had that like I don't want to, you know I saw a lot of the clickbait titles going around, and, and I, I, I took the time to watch it and listen to him, and I, I thought, yeah, good good for him where he's at, and at least what he's saying, and and, and how it feels as though there's some not just peace, but also some purpose for not mm-hmm. understanding perhaps what he was uh, in the position to do and, and finding, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the joy in that, as he kind of said with the, the story of what Mo- Moses looking over the hill and, and the promise, <laughs> you, know, you, you lead him here, but you can't go in all that kind of stuff for Abraham. What he said, uh, I, I can't remember, but um, yeah, I, I love that there. Uh, Joseph, your, your thoughts on uh, where Boyega is and, and where we were. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think you're both saying some great things. I think this uh, this round of articles with uh, with John Boyega was <laughs> another one that really reminded me of we really need to try to read the whole article or, or yeah. watch the video clip, um, mm-hmm. you know, because context is everything. There are some other things floating around with other actors and shows I like where people were really blowing up at a headline this weekend mm-hmm. uh, that seemed pretty devoid of the actual context. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I always kind of think of this joke of like the actual interview is like, hey, you know, an actor is sitting down just really trying to be accessible and fun because it's their job. And like the the interviewer says like, hey, what's your favorite sandwich? And like the actor says, I don't know, I, I enjoy a ham sandwich from time to time. And then the headline is, you know, actor breaks silence on desperate 24-7 <laughs> need for ham. All other sandwiches crap. You know, like how much... <laughs> the headlines lean into trying to take the actual quote and make it as sort of combative as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm really uh, uh, agreeing with what you're both saying about, uh, you know, I'm good on doing any more Star Wars, could be said, with a lot of salt, right? Right, <laughs> right. Uh, and he's clearly coming at this from a place of uh, peace, not only in in sort of the context of his of his attitude, but also the context of the of what he's saying, right, about mm. meeting with lots of other actors who've gone through uh, similar things and deciding how he wants to approach this and how he wants to look toward the future. It is, th- that context is also important. Um so that's one thing I think about a lot is just the context. And then in terms of what he's actually saying, yeah, I, I just, I, I so agree with everything that, that you said, Jennifer. I think that it's definitely uh, been a thing in entertainment, but I think in, in a ton of other places in American culture mm-hmm. that, you know, entertainment is not siloed at all, but there has been the general uh, don't bring up the awkward conversation at the dinner table vibe right. <laughs> about anything that's going to be like yeah 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 just let you know what are you what are you going to do just let the trolls be trolls is 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 so accurate um but but i think it's important not to isolate entertainment from everything else that's going on right i mean mm-hmm. a part of this is uh boyega's speech in the aftermath of mm-hmm. the murder of george floyd you know mm-hmm. part of this is uh, i think a reckoning with the fact that um you know, recent world events and in political events of the last several years since The Force Awakens came out have yeah. kind of ripped open a lot more uh, hate crime, a lot more hate rhetoric, right? Yeah. So I think this is kind of in tune with the way the world is going to mm-hmm. to say saying nothing is sometimes saying it's okay, you know? Right. It's just the way, the, it, way it is. What are you going to do about it? And I think that um, everything Boyoga has to say about the uh, being happy that things are changing in terms of how the studios handle this with the Moses Ingram example is, is great. Yeah, no, I I love what you're saying too. And just how time is, you know, it seems like just yesterday force awakening came out, came out, but man, a lot of changes and a lot of better understandings and deeper understandings of the things going on. I always joke, I joke with friends 
a lot of the way my life has changed in the last few years comes from being inside the Star Wars discussion world where there was a point where you're just kind of like, oh, that's, oh, you, it's a disagreement over opinion of the movies and you dig deeper and you're like, oh, we're not talking about the movies, are we? We're talking about mm-hmm. something deeper inside. And, 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 um, and that again, going to, you know, the, the controversy in 2014, Boyega's head pops up is, is a black man in a stormtrooper costume. And it was like pushback against that. And just kind of, that almost seemed like, you know, getting going back to time of, oh, that's just silly. What are you talking about? Of course, of course you can. And you're not, and you just kind of, it was easy to be like, like you all both said, said, trolls, 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 and easy for studio to just not pay attention to it. Now, flash forward, we know that was, uh, you know, indicative of a lot of deeper and bigger problems to come or that were very present and starting to emerge uh, like mm-hmm. lava through a, a cracks in, in the, in the floor. And then also to see the studios now, you know, understand this. They watch this. Um, I still think there's too much of in, any engagement is engagement as it's measured, but that's mm. not from the studio's point of view. Um, just seeing like, like what Amazon is having to deal with uh, with Rings of Power is a great example. The up forthcoming show where they have a lot of money invested in monitoring channels that are not just talking bad, but actually talking hate. Mm. Uh, uh, mm. social issue side and it's a it's a it's a complicated issue and everything like that but i just i i like kind of what john was saying of like you know we're always going to improve we're always going to find but it, it's it's we, we don't run away from it he keep talking kept kept mentioning it's not i'm not just the elephant in the corner of the room it's right. something that people are aware of and that's where i'll at least take the victory that we've, we've uh, moved forward as we continue to to grow uh, and just knowing where it's all coming from and knowing that a lot of those channels with red eyes on Kathleen Kennedy oh aren't trolls. Gosh. They're, uh, they're, you know, generally alt-right based hate groups and mm-hmm. that's just what they are. And right. uh, it's complicated to deal with them. I understand and tough, but uh, we at least, uh, you begin by knowing that's where it comes from, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Um, but then we did get to some Star Wars stuff, <laughs> specific Star Wars stuff, because of course, why not? And it's a, it's a fair question. Uh, John Fugel saying, uh, asked uh, Boyega, hey, you know, uh, return to Star Wars. What do you think? Yay or nay? Uh, paraphrasing a lot there. Uh, Boyega said, hey, he's good on returning to the role of Finn for now, citing all uh, the great actors he's gone to work with, like you had mentioned, Joseph, uh, that have uh, come out of just not just the higher profile role he had, but just the situation, some of the stuff he went through and spoke out about. It's connected him with a lot of wonderful um, people and opportunities. That's me kind of read into it, but it's uh, this desire to remain versatile as an actor, which is not uh, surprising and not uh, abnormal based off Mm -hmm. other actors in big blockbuster films. I'm just thinking about Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al. Talk about personal. <laughs> right? He said that he felt Finn as a character was at a good, quote, confirmation point, and we can all enjoy him in the games and animation, adding seven to nine was good for me. So clearly a lot behind the answer. You know, he, he, we all don't know the, what went on daily at the at the job, so to speak. And and there's definitely some him probably my, maybe not wanting to work with Disney or not wanting to work with a big studio. We don't know all that, but I, I really like his words and his answers. So, uh, again, a lot being made of this. But what are our thoughts on on his current feelings of being done with the role or even as he joked at the end, coming back at 79 to say Chewie were home and being OK with that for a lot of money? Jennifer, your thoughts on Finn? I, yeah, no, I was so glad that I watched the clip 
Because if I had just seen the the headline, you know, I, I think that I would have had a different take from it. But just watching him say it, it's just very matter of fact. And like, basically, I want to do other things. Like, I think that people forget, like when he before The Force Awakens, he was this hot young actor who had a lot of buzz from mm-hmm. the film Attack the Block. Mm-hmm. And I like I kind of wonder what his career would have been like if he hadn't gotten Star Wars. I think he would have been you know, just as successful, but maybe in a different way. And I think he's the type of actor, when he said Jamie Foxx, I went, oh my gosh, that's totally where his career can go. Having that versatility, doing comedy, doing action, doing heavy drama, doing gritty drama, right? He's the type of actor that I could see winning an Academy Award at some point in his career. And I think that, you know, he's, he, comes he's been acting since he was a child he's he's got theater roots so i think he just wants to enjoy himself challenge himself and mm-hmm. really like continue in his craft i don't think it's anything like i don't like disney i don't like this character of finn it's just <laughs> i'm i want to do new things and i think that that's i think that's great i i want to see him do new things i love him as finn but i want him to to I want to see him in all different types of roles because he's such a great actor. Um, so yeah, I I was like, okay, good, good. Yeah. Go go do other things and then come back whenever you whenever you want to. You know, he'll know when it's right for him. Look at you and McGregor. Look at how long it took to come back. There's always there's always a chance. Yeah, and Ewan's great because remember he, he's talking about you know when I even first took the role, I was kind of this it indie actor and do I, mm-hmm. do I want to do a Star Wars film for I don't know about that and yeah I think that that to go the attack the the block roots it's a great spot yeah it, you know it was fun to watch because. I, again, I, I really like, he's so well-spoken. He, he had a lot of just peace and joy just kind of emanating from him while not backing down for what he believes clearly or what he went through, but he wasn't slamming his fist on the floor, uh, on the table, going, stamping the, the feet on the floor, going, no, sequel trilogy sucked. So, uh, you know, confirming <laughs> all of the th- things he thought. And it's, yeah, again, what you're saying up top, Joseph, uh, context is king and uh, also important. And, you know, Headlines are going to headline, but it was a, uh, it was, it was, it was a good thing. And I agree with Jennifer on, on his uh, moves going forward. Uh, your thoughts though. Yeah, no, I, I also agree with Jennifer very much. I think that because our discourse can be so combative, I think we can kind of have an attitude of like, are you for like really real grounded indie movies where artists can do whatever they want? Or are you for these big blockbusters? Yeah. And it's like, there's yeah. there different kinds of movie making, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes you want to go to a fancy restaurant and sometimes you want fast food because they're two different things and you want different things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's totally understandable for actors to be like, it's a bunch of benefits to being in a, in a huge blockbuster. There are a bunch of benefits for being world renowned for the rest of my life for being this beloved character from star Wars. But there's also these benefits over here. And it just seems to me that he's just in this place. Like I did that. And now I want to do this other thing. I want to do all of these uh, different independent films. I've talked with other actors who've done both and I want to have these experiences. And that's what I'm, you know, pursuing right now. Mm. And in a way for me, uh, as you know, a fan who thinks he's a great actor and would love to see him come back to Finn someday. Uh, I hope he has a great career, plays varied roles and, and finds incredible creative fulfillment. Uh, so in five years, 10 years, uh, 80 years, <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever is the right amount of years for him, that he comes to a place where he wants to be Finn again, because then right, yeah. I will enjoy his performance as Finn more. And like, yeah, there's a part of me if he was like, if he did this interview, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of here to promote breaking, but also I'm here to campaign for a Finn Disney Plus show. As a fan, I'd be happy 
because that if that's what he wants, the actor, you know, yeah. right. I don't want actors to to be unhappy and, and mm-hmm. feel stuck in roles. I don't think that's the best way to make compelling art. And therefore, as a fan, then it's not going to work out great for me either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, I, I don't know. I don't know what his pocketbook is uh, actually at these days. But if I had been cast in seven, eight, nine, you wouldn't see me again. <laughs> I'd disappear, right? Taking whatever toy rights I have and get. I don't know the numbers. I don't. I never want to assume everyone's a billionaire because they held the lightsaber. You know, I mean, like. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I would. Uh, I'm happy he just wants to continue exploring his art, uh, and I agree with you, Joseph. If he comes back to it, everyone goes to the Harrison example. But, uh, you know, it, it's not just about a big truckload of money showing up to Harrison's door. It's him as an artist going, yeah, OK, this is right. This works. I want to do it not just with this character, but several other of Harrison's big characters. The Blade Runner franchise, uh, if you can call that a franchise. I think you can. Uh, you know, Indy, again, we're going to see like he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. And I think uh, I would love to have Finn. Daisy, uh, even Adam Driver, old, wonderfully intense, cranky Adam Driver and, and, and Oscar Isaac. When they want to do it, if they want to do it and it works, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I share one other uh, thought on this whole yeah. thing? Yeah. I mean, I think just trying to to put yourself in, in the shoes of someone like John Boyega of the challenge right now. Like, obviously, this is a Star Wars podcast, and I love Star Wars, and I'm not <laughs> criticizing Star Wars or criticizing going to blockbuster movies. Often, I don't make it to some of the smaller movies I want to. Sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, I really love Marvel and, I, and Star Wars, so I prioritize them. Um, so, you know, I'm not excluding myself from what I'm about to say. But he's doing this to promote a smaller film that he really believes in that he wants to do uh mm-hmm. called yeah. breaking right yeah. um and the the it looked like the like from my research that breaking uh got you know a mixed to good reviews but all of them absolutely praised Boyega's performance uh mm-hmm. and the film did extremely not good at the box office mm-hmm. like just over 1 million the mm-hmm. film was beaten at the box office by the limited re-release of rogue one right oh my gosh so it isn't just that do i want to play finn again it's i want to play other things we're in this time where other films are it's a little difficult to have them be viable for all mm-hmm. these different reasons that we all know and, and can discuss uh but then also just imagine going into this interview and knowing i am here specifically to try to get more people to come to this small indie movie that I believe in. And I know I'm going to be asked about Star Wars. And I have to be prepared to have not only what I say, but my attitude in the way I say it. And if I don't just shut down a Star Wars conversation, it will be the thing that everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. He did this interview to promote breaking. And, yeah. you know, it, it's fine that we're talking about Star Wars because we're a Star Wars podcast. But the internet... Yeah only talked about star wars right yeah. mm. so i just have a lot of empathy for actors who are who, who have the the wonderful opportunity to to be in star wars and have that holding the lightsaber money that you're talking about ken yeah. but also just like you know i think we can all understand that from from our own lives right of like if somebody yeah. knows you for one thing and then you try to talk to them about something else and they only want to make it about the way this sliver of your life that they know you from yeah and that's and that's an actor like john boyega's life (laughs) you know yeah and i i think people don't understand how when you're an actor even if you're like in this huge blockbuster movie you could your career could end 
Like you, he's trying to plan for having longevity in his Mm. career, which means taking on different types of roles. Now he has the chance to be able to do this. I think I listened to George Clooney on a podcast a while back Mm. and he's like, that feeling never goes away of when is my next job? Is my next movie going to bomb? And that will prevent me from being able to work again. Like that fear, even when you're at the top of the top is always kind of like in the background. And so I just think like, yeah, Star Wars might be here right now, but Star Wars may not be here for him for forever. And he's trying to to not only do things that he's passionate about, but also have um, a good career that allows him to continue acting. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I think it's, it's really, it's really, having, being an artist, it's, it's a tough life. Take it from me, kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go to business school. Oops, I just dropped my phone. Go to business school. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess for, for me, a part of that is, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to shame anybody because they didn't run out and see Breaking. I didn't either. Yeah. I, I think yeah, I just right. want to be aware of the mm-hmm. environment we're in and it, and it makes me have more empathy for uh, Boyega's perspective and more admiration for the way he talked about Star Wars, knowing even when I'm not here to talk about Star Wars, I'm going to be asked and it's going to be the main thing. So yeah. how do I want to handle it? And he handled it uh, to, to me with just with the, a mixture of honesty and peace. Right. And yeah. Grace. Yeah. Grace. Yeah. 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 I mean, because he could he, I've seen plenty of interviews where the actor is like, I'm not here to discuss that. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. I've told you know you know how I feel, and they just shut it down. He was just like, yeah, he was so like nice about it, and just you know very very honest and off the cuff, and and then immediately all the headlines start running. But um, yeah, I was impressed. No, if I, one of the things too is uh, again, there's so much that he's gone through, so much that he discussed, and and he's he's holding the line on those beliefs here. And I, I think you're right, Joseph. Just, you know, hey, this I, I think of. John Lennon, y- Yoko and I are doing this for peace. We know you're going to follow our every move. We're going to do it for, we're going to, we're going to talk about <laughs> something more important as long as you're, the circus is around us. Uh, but just, yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite things. I mentioned it uh, a lot is, is going back to the trailer of Force Awakens and Boyega released that video of him and his buddies watching the trailer and, and he's excited and he's leaping over mm-hmm. the couch and, and he had already by that point gone through a lot. Uh, and we know that as, as a human, he's going to go through a lot more. And to have him emerge on the other side of this and and have also a lot going on in the world that, that he was involved in and felt the pain of and spoke out about it. But have him also be like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I still watch uh, Mandalorian, Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> and as we've seen in other interviews, he has thoughts of what he would have wanted to see or uh, maybe would have done in, in some of the Star Wars uh, movies, which is fair because that's all what, what fans have as well. So I like that. That's a small thing for me, but just to be like, oh, cool. He's he's still around. This didn't burn him at all, you know, mm, uh, at right. least at least on, on that level. Um, there's a lot to it, of course. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. He's still he's still a fan and he's still like, oh, they they moved up the release time of Obi-Wan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And you're so right. That's uh, to get pigeonholed in one thing. It's uh, it's always something. It's always something. Uh, so there you go. So I'm glad we took a swing through that. It was nice to see. It was a good little interview clip if you haven't. And, if, and we understand uh, if you're like us. Or sometimes you just the the discourse or this and that or you just like I saw that the headlines and I said, I just don't I just don't want to go through it and watch this and see what he might have to say I, I'm glad I did and glad we covered it because uh, you get a, you get a, a more true picture of where he is at and, and what he went through and what he's still standing for so check that out 
All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to get uh, back into Andor season. It's the season of Andor. But before we do that, we have a Four Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, I, uh, what would it be today? <laughs> you know, it is The Adventures of Shri- No, it's The Princess and the Scoundrel. Uh, sorry for the spoiler earlier by Beth Revis. Uh, here's another spoiler. I love this book. I can't wait uh, to discuss it. So uh, excited for that, Ken. Excited for that. Can't wait to get to it. Been uh, about, about ready to finish up for myself. And ah, there's so many wonderful things in this book. So download your free audiobook today. Get ready for our review by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center. Be a free audiobook. All right, quick break here on the other side. More news on Center. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Force Center. It's our look at Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago. And last week, uh, shortly after one of our news episodes was released, uh, we had, as uh, always, uh, you know, a little bit of news. An Andor clip was released, a straight up releasing of a little scene. And we're going to take a dive into it. It's, it's a minute and 15 second long clip. Uh, features uh, Diego Luna's Cassian Andor and Stellan Skarsgård's Luthen Rail. The scene finds Luthen paying Andor 1,000 credits in, in, the, in the coolest way imaginable. Just <laughs> slides him out for an item he stole from the Empire. Uh, but Luthen wants more information on how Cassian pulled it off. This sets up Cassian delivering many of the lines you've already heard in the trailer about how you sneak in just like you belong because the Empire can't comprehend some, someone so low in their eyes being among them. A uh, short and powerful scene. And man, I got to say, I'm reaching this point. I want to maybe start here with you, uh, Joseph and Jennifer, on uh, I'm reaching a little bit of the, you know, just give me the damn show. Um, <laughs> love all the, the Gilroy stuff, you know, this, and but I, I, I don't want to know the last shot of the series. I don't, all these things that he's just putting out there. And again, it's the press machine. What are you going to do? You either choose to engage or not. I've been choosing to disengage. So this clip popped up and I had to watch it. Because I was like, whoa, I've seen the trailers, but I want to see a solid, uninterrupted, unedited, uh, what the show will feel like clip. I was really mm. intrigued by that. And that's why I loved it. And I kept watching it. I think I watched it like five times in the first hour. Just like, oh, I, w- I want to watch that again. I want to watch that again. Uh-huh. So that's where I started on this. Jennifer, what was your journey with just the news coverage and then this clip? I was shocked. I happened to be on YouTube looking up something. I don't remember. Something related to Jabba, I think. And I saw that the Star Wars channel, they they had that clip up. And it was like uploaded 13 minutes ago. And I thought, what? This is actually from the show? Okay, let me see it. Um, I was intrigued. First of all, great, great acting. I too watched it, I think like three or four times in a row. Because I was like, "What? what is going on? I need to know everything about this. The writing, so great. The pacing, it just Mm -hmm. pulled me in. And I don't mean this as a slight to Star Wars. It felt very sophisticated. <laughs> it felt yeah. like an HBO drama or like, or cinematic. And um, I just was like, I got so excited. Um, and like you said, I was just like, please just release the show at this point. Cause I need to know what are they talking about? <laughs> what, what did he steal? The box, the, I don't know. Anyway. So I just, I loved it. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. And Joseph, we're going to be talking about this. We're going to talk about the style and all these, uh, the presentation and Gilroy and, and team have been pretty vocal about how this is maybe different, not necessarily saying pointing at the Mandalorian saying we're different than that. That comes up with the the volume and all that stuff. But 
it's just a lot of things about it that are different. I was so curious about it and delivered. But your thoughts on, uh, as Jennifer said so well, the sophistication of Ando. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I really, really enjoyed it, and I am really uh, with you, Ken. It's a, it's not that bad of a problem to have uh, to be tired of being hyped. But I do kind of feel like you know, you know, if you're at a concert and it's about to start and somebody comes out and it's like, are you ready to rock? You're like, yeah, (laughs) it's really fun. Two or three times. But at like the 20th time, somebody says, are you ready to rock? And the entire audience is like, we have been ready to rock for 35 minutes. Please, for the love of bleep, just start. You know, Uh, that's the hype level I'm at. Like you ready to pray Andor? Yes, please. Just give me Andor. Um, so it was nice to actually get a little bit. And I kind of, I, I love how raw the actual, the content of the clip is, but also mm-hmm. the clip itself, right? Mm-hmm. It just cuts in into the middle of the scene and then just cuts, right? Yeah. It's Cut. not even a fade, right? It no. really is just like, it's like Andor stole this clip <laughs> 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 from an Imperial archive. So that gives it this, this great energy uh, too. Just, you know, the fact that it isn't kind of nuanced, it doesn't fade in. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I, I love the the tone of it. it. It totally makes sense. It is actors, uh, uh, great actors with just like uh, bubbling, uh, you know, uh, emotions, hidden hidden motivations, hidden depths, right? That are bubbling up to the surface. And I, I think it's this is going to be the whole conversation of mm. Andor. I think if everything is as, is as great as this scene is uh, sophisticated and nuanced, you know, this is going to be the the conversation. Which um, mm you know i think i i just gotta let go of the comparisons right because like hey like uh you could compare that this scene to obi-wan and han uh in the cantina talking about you know Mm -hmm. the the exchange of money for the falcon right Mm -hmm. yeah um and you could compare them and say which is better and like for me it's not about which is better it's what is the intent Mm -hmm. this show's intent is to make us feel the pain of people who are in the struggle every day right you know Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I want to enjoy it for what it is for one one of the flavors in the Star Wars buffet. Yes. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that, that it's it, you you just know this is going to be one of the talking points and here we are. We are talking about. It. But I think you have to yeah. it. it's just you know, especially I'm I'm someone who's been sometimes very open about I don't know some stuff with the volume. This thing could have been on the volume. I I I couldn't tell you. You're right. You know what right. I mean? Like it just uh, the volume is sometimes so good that it tricks me. And this this is practical and it feels the same in terms of just how the background. It's about the dialogue. It's about the rhythm. It's about just a different style of presenting this, which is not unlike Rogue One. I think. You got, you know, uh, they're just pulling it from that and it that works. And there's not a lot of uh, you either like the flavor of Rogue One, like a lot of people do, or maybe you like the flavor of Force Awakens, which has more of the classic fantasy vibe and and sophisticated, grounded. These are the words. That's a good word, Jen. We got to put that one into the zeitgeist <laughs> versus gritty and real, uh, which are words that I think have just been, you know, um, just drummed into the ground when it comes into discourse about a lot of things, even though they do apply and we still use them uh so i'm i'm intrigued and you're right joseph just sometimes i have to remind myself to just disengage from either or this binary decision mm-hmm. much like uh w- w- the one specific way star wars can be presented because the comics are different the books or novels have more realistic dialogue and have different styles novel not winded claudia gray charles so they all have different vibes just look at high republic you can tell the different styles of the authors even though they're all in the same era and the same going in the same direction it's just part of the fun this is gilroy and his team's take on it this is these actors take on it 
and Kenobi had a bit different vibe than Mandalorian and Boba Fett. And it, it's just, I, I, I got to learn to celebrate the differences, which mm. is something Star Wars does teach, right? Differences mm-hmm. combined make a stronger kind of uh, entity. So uh, I, I'm going to look at it that way because I love this clip because of it. Everything about it, Jen, you said the rhythms, the cadence, the delivery. Mm-hmm. Luthan Rail's voice is now one of my favorite Star Wars. Let me let me ask you both because this is one of my reactions when Luthan Luthan starts and he's like he got a like, bling on the front of give me the box and it's really really funny. But it was like I'm watching this show with subtitles. I think because uh, I love his voice, but a couple of the words like. Lucin said what now <laughs> yep yep I, I i was like not even 10 seconds in and, and i went okay hold on hold on where are my subtitles where are my closed captions because i yeah i mean i watch everything with it anyways but i really yeah. needed it yes yeah. yeah i wonder if i could set it to Luthan only subtitles <laughs> yes oh that'd be great that'd be great Love everything about it. what about what he's saying here. I love because we got a lot of these uh, uh, quotes in the trailer, uh, especially the casting and or lines about sneaking in there. I just love the complete uh, collection of lines here, especially the spit in their food. This oh, was wow, great stuff. Jen, your thoughts on Andor and uh, food, food, food spitting. Oh, Diego Luna. I could just, I just loved it. I just, that's why it got me so excited is seeing these great actors just chewing up the scenery um, and, and these great lines and really visual and just imagining. And I I can already understand Cassian's point of view and his Mm -hmm. just disdain and disgust, you know, for, Mm. for these Imperials. It just was great. And then it also made me think, Oh, are they going to show a little flashback? Are they going to show us the scene? Cause I really want to see it. (laughs) Not necessarily the spitting (laughs) in the food, you know, but I'm sure in the moment when he's actually sneaking in that there is some delight I want to see that on his face of just like you people just are so stupid (laughs) (laughs) that I can sneak in right under your nose. Like I want to see that. Uh, But it was wonderful to hear him talk about it as well. So, Mm. yeah, just, oh, do we kind of spit those words out? We'll talk Mm -hmm. about it. Oh, yeah. Joseph made me think of the the, the Imperials with their coffee mugs. Oh, yeah. Like, what are they actually drinking in that calf? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> what did Cassian put in there? Uh, yeah, no, I think this this um, this clip both told me a lot about the show and confirmed a lot that, that it looked like from the trailers, sounded like, uh, that, that I hoped for. I really love the sense that Luthen and Andor both have something that the other needs, mm. right? You get the sense that... Um, that Luthen understands the big picture, that whatever Cassian stole from him is just a job for Cassian, right? right. Just yeah. money for Cassian. But Luthen understands uh, the value of it. Luthen understands the value of Andor's skill to be able to walk mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And that all really contributes to me of uh, of what we, we were kind of guessing from the most recent trailer, that Luthen is probably upper class, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. is probably looking at this situation from a big picture perspective of, you know, how dangerous is the Empire? What is it going to take to take them down? Where are they weak? What risks are worth taking? All these big picture things, right? Mm. Uh, but then it's so clear from this clip that Andor understands the way the Empire looks at the everyday person, right? right. Yeah. Uh, and it so ties to the nature of the rebellion, the idea that the Empire would be like, they, they, they don't see me as a threat they're so confident and nothing could ever touch them i just Mm -hmm. stroll right in right that that goes to the nature uh, uh, of the empire's ultimate defeat i thought about the ewoks right like Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know, so it's really great to see these kind of two perspectives already coming together. The arguably sort of upper class, big picture perspective of Luthen in the Andor, like I live this. I know how they look at me. Uh, I'm bubbling with fury because it's real pain, right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, one of the other big moments for me is that it seemed like Andrew was truly blown away by the additional 1000 credits that like yeah, yeah. Luthen can just throw that around. Mm. But for Andor is like that money makes a huge difference to him and his people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love this here. Uh, I love what you're saying. I, 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 I also look at it not, not to, you know, dumb it down and make it a joke, but I like that Andor's kind of like giving you the why and Luthen's like, yeah, that's great. I love that podcast. I need to know the how because the how <laughs> is right now. And, and I get why. And it's just to, to see the, the, the dueling approaches and, and where they are in their lives. And uh, I was really intrigued by that. And, and um, it, it, you know, Luthen's already uh, one of my favorite Star Wars grumps. <laughs> just, <laughs> done. A thousand. You got it. I need to know how like it's it's it was really powerful and it's such and you're so right it cuts off to the you know just a shoe drop edit of scenes over uh, obviously more goes on but just Luther being plugged in knowing what uh, you know I know what Bix does I, I I get it I get it this is something more <laughs> and it's more important and I just uh, need you to see it and I need you to tell me I thought it really was a, a simple scene that raised the stakes for the series before we get to it so mm-hmm. yeah yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, when you're talking about like the the commentary that that Andor is is saying, it made me think about how if this was kind of like a fluffy spy thriller, right? Like mm-hmm. more surface level, you know. And Luthen says, "Well, how'd you do that?" I'd be like, "I have my ways." Wink. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that could be a way that the character, this kind of slick, yeah. kind of character, could get away with. But I'm here the best he's actually what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. We see that all the time in movies and then, you know, slide yeah. down. Um, but yeah, for him, he actually, it's more about like, this is, this is, this is the message. This is a commentary about, about the ordinary people, like you're saying, and the mm-hmm. Imperials and that the class and the oppression and all these things that are going on. And Tony Gilroy is addressing it. And that's what's yeah. I think going to make it interesting and different and, you know, something yeah. more than just a action spy thriller. Yeah, I think I was also just really happy to see, you know, Andor having true deep fury at the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, w- when it was kind of revealed that this is going to be his journey to joining the Rebellion, I was like, I, you know, especially that I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Mm-hmm. I feel like, well, I, I want that motivation, that energy, that lean forward of I, I hate them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love seeing that, okay, well, he's at this place where he understands them. He hates them. He he will, you know, uh, he will poke the monster, mm. but he's also got this sort of like, but what are you ever going to do? They're too big to topple. Yeah. Mm. You can, you can nip at them and you can swipe what, but this is just the way it is. You just get by, you know, mm. and it, it makes this really interesting contrast where like, um, you know, he, he's, uh, he, he doesn't ha- like Han Solo is, he has no love of the empire. Right. But he's got that kind of shoulder shrug apathy. What are you going to do mm-hmm. about it? You know? Mm-hmm. And to see that Andor is in kind of this Han Solo like place, but with <laughs> loads of righteous fury, it right. gives him such a, a propulsion and motivation and then still room to grow and change. If you're like, I hate them, but what are you going to do about it? And then Luthen comes around and says, believe it, you can do something about it and you should. Mm. It's a wonderful intersection for the the two characters. And and, and go, my, my final thoughts on this was, you know, what does this clip tell us for the vibe, the mood and the themes? And and, and you're, you're both explaining it so well, because they could have 
I, you know, there's action coming in this series. So they could have said, all right, let's release a clip of uh, this is them infiltrating or it's a firefight or something that might be more classic. Hey, it's Star Wars. It's pew, pew, pew. This, this is two folks talking <laughs> and just uh, talking about it, but it's important stuff when you break it down. I, I love what you're saying, Joseph, about where Cassian is at this point. It makes a lot of sense. Gets me hyped up for just more talking. Give me more talking in Star Wars. <laughs> talking in, in garages. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have final thoughts on that or anything else there, Jen. No, no, I, I just was, uh, yeah, I just noticed that my, my door slowly opened and I was like, what oh, is going on? Jen's Cassian coming. is entering my room. He's so good. Is that Cassian or my child? Um, yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I can't wait. Just yeah. release it, please. Release it. Release it before the ghost gets Jen. Uh, I just put on a Death Star dress and I just wander into Jennifer's closet and she doesn't even see me. I blend right in. Uh, oh my God. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Uh, Joseph, you said a lot of wonderful things, but any final thoughts on this clip? And how many t- more times are you going to watch Luthen just say, Ender. <laughs> Ender. Uh, he's spitting their food. Huh? What kind of food? Uh, this spitting their food really is. It pops. It's so, mm-hmm. it, it's so real. Uh, and I think it, 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 it's great writing because it's those kind of details that make you feel it, right? Uh, the idea that he would be sneaking in on a, on a high-stakes mission and stop by to spit in their food. It's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, you know, sorry, I'm not done. T- I'm not done talking. About it. I love the, uh, uh, you need, all you need is, you know, uniform and dirty hands. This mm-hmm. idea that that, oh, you know, right. that kind yeah. of, uh, if, if you're labor on a lower level, they're not even going to, they don't consider you nothing. And just that that's part of the disguise in a way. And it's not necessarily always literal, but just that's the idea behind it. And the way he kind of spat those words out of his mouth too. love that. Mm, mm-hmm. Love that. Mm. All right. Well, uh, we're going to keep going, whether we're haunted or not. We're going to wrap up <laughs> the news discussion before we get out of here. We will take a look at this week in Star Wars history, looking ahead to Star Wars past. And the past is the future. On September 2nd, 2014, the modern era of Star Wars canon began with the release of Jonathan Jackson Miller's Star Wars A New Dawn. Set about five years prior to the events of Star Wars Rebel, the book introduces us to the former Jedi Padawan Kanan Jarrus as he makes his decision to help a small band of resistant fighters, including Harrison Dula. The main villain is the cybernetically altered technocrat Count Vidian and we met Captain Ray Slaw. So let's go back in time prior to Force Center. And how did we feel about the switch to this new era of canon? And did we take in a new Don then as it was intended, this new era of storytelling? <laughs> What's changed about our thoughts in the book and uh, the new era uh, since then, Jen? I don't think I ever read a new Don, or if I did, I didn't finish it. But I remember seeing it. Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con in 2014. Uh, All over, yeah. All over, yes. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was really excited about the new canon, about basically new canon and that the Mm -hmm. old canon was being wiped clean. I personally was happy about it because I always found it to be a little confusing and overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And my gauge was always like, okay, well, we know that, you know, they have the George level of canon and then you have the movies and then you have the, t- and they still kind of have that, but it was even more yeah. so. I forget, they used to have it like letters, like C yes. canon, G yeah. canon, right? All those. Um, so it felt like, okay, moving forward, this new era is going to be more cohesive. It's going to be more welcoming for people. 
to, to join Star Wars, to join the community, to kind of like start anew um, and kind of for things to tie in with each other and like characters from the animated series can appear in live action as we've seen. Um, mm. And that to me was really, really exciting. Um, and I felt like it was more collaborative um, because I remember like sometimes the authors would kind of, they just would go do their own thing really, right. you know, and now we look at it and all the creators and the writers are kind of talking with each other. And then they're checking in with the, the lore advisor and this, the story <laughs> group when they need to. And it just, I really, really like it. Um, yeah. It just all makes it very consistent and consistently star Wars. Consistently star Wars. That's uh, I think that was a, they might be giant song. I love that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love what you're saying. Yeah, and look, and, and now here we are. I, I was this is one of those dates. I, I saw this on the uh, the Star Wars app and was like, wow, we are we are we are definitely we, we, you know October is ten years of of Disney Lucasfilm era. Like mm. the, the time time is crazy. Mm. Um, it, it it blows your mind sometimes. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jen, I love what you're saying. And yeah, by this this far along, yes, we have you know Filoni is reshooting some of the moments from the books, and you're having those discussions. But it, it's not like the old days, and that's not a swipe at any. If you love some of the legends and EU stories, continue to love them. They 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 exist. Uh, mm-hmm. They are there. But you know the the levels of canon was at one point where I just like I don't I don't care that I don't I'm not it's too much. And and I just I I do think it is uh, it is cohesive overall still. And it's pretty impossible to to keep pulling off time and time again. Yeah. Even reading Princess and the Scoundrel, it's like it it, it 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 there's some great references of hey, this is where it is, this is where it is in the timeline. And that comic you read, don't that we we are aware of that it is there, mm-hmm. and we're moving mm-hmm. on. So that's a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah, and the book itself, uh, Joseph, uh, we were definitely uh, talking at times on Jedi Alliance. Uh, I've I've said uh, publicly here on Force Center, I, I need to apologize, and we'll get will again to Jonathan Jackson Miller. I I, I, I said some bad things about this book back in 2014, <laughs> uh, which you know, hey, look, not every doesn't mean the book doesn't have some fl- flaws. Blah blah. No, I just said some bad things that I didn't understand what this new era was going to be, and this mm. is about the situation, the bubbling uh, need for resistance, the rebellion, mm-hmm. and it was different. And I think I wanted, great, we're getting new books. Where's me Where's me, Luke Skywalker guy that I like so much? Where, where's that Princess Leia? Where's Han Solo? Uh, I need that. And this was, all right, a cowboy Jedi, and I don't know about this. Vid- Vidian is a different and interesting uh, take on Star Wars villainy because it is a little bit more, it's not Sith. It is uh, mm. the system. <laughs> And mm, I think nice. a lot more of that was present than I was ready for. And I resisted it. I didn't change. It didn't grow. I didn't listen to what the stories were saying. But I did love Captain Ray Slow. And I loved when she returns in Aftermath. So all that stuff there. There's a lot of great moments with, with Kanan and Hera. But when I look back now, I look back to that summer where I got a copy. The book I have is the copy I got at Comic-Con. Mm. Uh, it's like, and it's, I got the little paperback. Uh, I think there's some typos in it, which I appreciate because I'm the king of typos. I uh, <laughs> love all that. Um, I just, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't understand what was coming. Uh, and, uh, I'm, I'm glad eventually the, the era stuck with the modern era stuck with what it uh, knew it wanted to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, that's a, a great journey, uh, to go on, Ken. Yeah. I, I think I was similar to Jennifer of like, I, I definitely read some legends and there's some stuff I love like that Han Solo trilogy. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to read some other things and I didn't enjoy them as much. And then I had different moments where I really wanted to get back into it. But the main storyline with, you know, with uh, our known heroes from the original trilogy and their offspring felt daunting. It felt like yes. uh, I'm kind of a completionist. So I was like, okay, where I have to start back at the beginning, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
And at one point, a boss that I was working for wanted to get rid of a bunch of Star Wars books. And like, he's like, hey, you want to get cut up on the Star Wars books? Like, yeah, I do. And literally gave me like a box that was like, you know, mm. 25, 30 pounds of like, here's your 30 pounds of Star Wars to get caught up on. And I wanted to, and I still want to, and I never did. So I was excited <laughs> for a new time of like, okay, maybe I'll be able to jump on. Yeah. And I think there is a virtue of being able to jump in at, at different books at different points. And I think there is a virtue to that kind of legend storytelling where like you, you get to know these characters and then you live with them for a long period of time. And what I really like right now about this new era is I think we have both. I think we can mm -hmm. have that experience with high Republic, right. Of like, right. you'll get the most out of it. If you really dive in and you follow all the intricacies of these characters uh, in this era through time, but also with, now with years and years of, of new canon books, right? It, hey, you like Leia? Jump in here. You like Padme? You like uh, Pilots? Just jump in on Alphabet Squadron. Like, there's a lot of places you mm. can just jump in and read a little bit. Right. Um, so I really like that balance that's in the new era. For uh, for A New Dawn in particular, um, I still haven't read it. Uh, it was, you know, before I was, uh, you know, covering as much. Because it was yep. before Force Center, I was just making, you know, uh, appearances on here and there on, on Jedi Alliance. Um, yeah. and also I think for me, it wasn't a, like, of course, grab it because it's like, eh, it's the new characters mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't even know them yet. It came out a month before rebels, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I looked it up. Rebels premieres October 3rd, wow. uh, 2014. So it's amazing to have that book change from here is a setup, uh, to the new animated show. If you want to be cynical at the time, like, oh, the first new star Wars book is just an ad for their animated show, you mm -hmm. know? That could be the attitude back then. Now, this is the introduction to two beloved and important Star Wars characters. It's amazing how the book can change just by the passage of time, right? Yeah, like the is. book itself is changed hmm. from what it is from a, a preview, a setup for that new cartoon I haven't seen yet to this is when Kanan and Hera met. Like, yeah, right. In terms of sports cards, it's a Kanan and Hera rookie card. It's very, <laughs> very bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I'm, I mean, I'm for me, the new era, I'm, I'm grateful for Force Center for many things. But one of them was to give me the reason to to make time to dive into all these books. Mm -hmm. And I own a copy of this and I really want to read it. Uh, I just maybe need a pause in the new Star Wars books. So I have time to read some of the older <laughs> Star Wars books <laughs> that I haven't read yet because I haven't read it. And I really, really want to. Let's file a petition with uh, Lucasfilm, Delray, Inside Editions, any of the, the a, a moratorium on bo new books for six months. We all can go reread the ones we missed or want to take it. I want to reread Catalyst and Rebel Rising. Let's just, we uh, can all do that. Just yeah. you all stop for a month. At least I would love Did You Miss It Month, like that everybody is just like, let's let's read the books we missed. Oh, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. Well said, both of you. Ed, what a crazy time. We are already looking way back on the beginning of this era that seems just like yesterday. I can still remember the 2 a.m. pizza I had at that Comic-Con. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. We are out of here for today. Uh, a lot of cool things to uh, discuss next week, we hope, with some news and D23 coming up. It's uh, it's uh, still Andor season, a lot more on the way. So, hey, we're the Force Center Podcast and on the Force Center podcast feed, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Thanks to those who hung out with us and watched our live Q&A last Friday night on the YouTube channel. So don't forget to subscribe over there so you 
you can be part of that. Uh, first Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of different spots. Just search. You'll find us. Places like Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. New patron supporters filing on in there and getting right into our Discord. We're there enjoying daily conversations with Force Center friends. You can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, catnapsock.com, for information on comedy shows like a local show this week, uh, Flapper's Anniversary Show for the Yahoo Room, September 2nd. Uh, ticket information, free tickets on my website. I uh, want to uh, also let you all know, uh, remind you that on uh, September 17th, we've got Potathon 2022 from a lot of great Star Wars podcasters and content creators and fans. Big guests lined up. Shelby Young, Seth Green, Charles Soule, Ryan Johnson, a lot of people. Uh, going to be interviewed. I think Matt Martin as well. Um, we're going to be watching and supporting along. Uh, we love what they're doing over there. It's all benefiting Make-A-Wish Foundation. So check that out. Uh, just go to thepotathon.com. Jennifer, uh, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Jennifer Landa and TikTok, where you can join in on the discussion about what the texture of Jabba's skin feels like. <laughs> People have a lot of great theories <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, oh, a lot of scientific uh, evidence as well. Um, that is at Jennifer Landa 1138 on TikTok. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. That's great. Uh, Joseph, where can they find you? Uh, I'm, now I'm distracted by Java. Uh, <laughs> you, that video is great, Jen. Uh, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Do, people, do people have opinions about what it does sound like? <laughs> oh, I need I need to look. I got some new comments. Maybe. Oh no, that's a whole other video. Yeah. Yeah, because I was I, I I lean toward a little bit like rubbery, right? So then I'm thinking like if if you like touch Java too hard, does it make a little like a dodgeball and gym floor sound? Like a little bit of a wet smack. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> If you'd like to hear my thoughts on what different Star Wars characters' uh, uh, flesh sounds like, oh, that's that sounded horrible. No. You're not going to hear any more about that ever again. Uh, if you'd like to hear not that, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for future comedy adventures. Uh, it looks like I'll be in Portland, Oregon. Uh, the weekend of October 7th through the 9th for the HB Lovecraft Film Festival. I have a short uh, film playing there, so I'm excited for that. More details on that soon. Also want to be sure to give a shout out to the organization of Vote Forward. It is a place where you can write letters to other voters, encouraging them to vote and use their power and make a difference. The website is votefwd.org. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. All right, that's it. We'll see you this week for cues. Uh, we've got a book review, data bank dive, so many things. Thank you all for listening. This was Forcing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.